0: Look, I could share a software paper cut from this week that is still okay. frustrating me. Um, all right, paper cut, paper software cut paper Yeah, so uh, a couple months ago, actually a few months ago now, I did the Disney Plus free trial, as you do through mm-hmm. the App Store, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. It expired. I watched like one you bit. of all people. Yeah, yeah.
1: Watching something on the TV. Did yeah. you
0: actually use it? Yeah, I used it. I, I wanted to watch Home Alone at Christmas time. And so this was the only way to do that without pulling out an old DVD, and I didn't want to fire didn't up. Didn't everyone get that
2: for free on iTunes? That's the only movie in iTunes that I have. I think it's is it Home Alone two that's free? I, I don't know. I can check if.
0: Uh, actually, no. I think I think you're. Oh, you're probably right. Oh man. I anyway, I wasted my Disney Plus trial. Thanks for that. Uh, I didn't <laughs> need that to know that. Is that the only thing card. you watched? Uh, that was the only thing that I watched. Um, <laughs> during the free trial free trial's only a week. Um, so this was like the week before oh, Christmas. Really? And wow, I really? sat down with okay. mum and we watched um, okay. we watched Home Alone. Anyway. My poor uh, mm-hmm. Decisions aside, actually, now you've got me really curious and I'm, ch- <laughs> oh, I do have Home Alone for free on iTunes. <laughs> All right. You're right. It's in my Apple TV so Now you have two paper cuts.
2: You're welcome.
0: <laughs> two paper cuts. I blew a week trial. No, it's fine. Um, <laughs> wasted a whole $2. Uh, no, um, <laughs> cause that's what a week's trial is worth. Anyway, um, so I did that. They let the free trial lapse or like, you know, you unsubscribe or whatever. And then last weekend, um, actually hours after we finished recording, oh, maybe minutes, I don't know. Um, I was on the Apple TV and, uh, started watching a show, which I'll talk about later. It's in my picks. Um, and so I'm not going to talk about the show now, uh, but I resubscribed on the Apple TV using Apple subscriptions. I was like, look, uh, my girlfriend, and I want to watch this show. We're probably going to finish mm-hmm. it in a month. Like I'll pay the eight, $9, whatever it is for a month so we can watch the show. Uh, mm-hmm. Subscription, all good. Whatever, got into the app, started watching the show. Then a couple nights ago, um, I I got a message from her. Hey, what's your Disney Plus login? I was like, cool. Like, I'll send it over. Um, Turns out it doesn't work. So the app, sorry, the website version, does not recognize that I'm subscribed. The app also does not recognize that I'm subscribed unless I go in and restore purchases each time. So the only way now for me to watch Disney Plus is to sign in on a device, an Apple device. That I can restore purchases on. And no matter how many times I do this, no matter how many times I re- delete and reinstall the app, go through the flow, hope that it links up to my account again, the service does not recognize that I have a paying subscription. So as far as I can tell, at the moment, the only way for me to watch Disney Plus on a device that isn't tied to my Apple ID is to pay again for the month that I've already paid for, which is dumb that and is I'm so obviously not going to do. Mm. Um, yeah. So that's a whole world of fun. Uh, and I know that subscriptions difficult, and I've worked on apps with very similar <laughs> sets of subscriptions, and it's not easy to do any of this receipt validation and tie it to existing account systems. It's it's a world of pain. But it does surprise me that a company like Disney doesn't have this right mm. months after launch. Um,
1: well, yeah. I mean, they're not really they're not really a tech co- they they're a tech company, but they're not tech in that sense, like user facing tech. Didn't they acquire
2: the MLB? Didn't they acquire someone who, who oh, does screaming Oh, to do the user... Well? Oh, okay. Uh, I'm not sure. I, I, I don't know. I mean, Disney is, is a company that's... First of all, you know, a lot of... I, I, I mean, yeah, I think you can Disney figure
1: things out. You can hire people to figure those things out. But it's also... You know, Just throw some money on the problem.
2: You, you're very happy that you work for yourself. But if Disney would have knocked on the door and been like... Hey, Marlin, do you want to join us? You'd be like, oh man, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yep,
0: yep, yep, yeah. They have some so good devs there. I, I, I think Disney that, is both
2: in a position to to acquire someone who knows streaming or to pay someone who might already
0: know how that works.
1: Yeah, but, but it's, yeah, it's, it's not about streaming, right? It's
0: about. Implementing in-app yeah. purchases and talking to your backend to validate that yeah. on the account, anyway. well, especially if you have multiple
2: accounts, right? It's it's a bit weird because you sign into one particular account, then you kind of subscribe through the in-app purchase subscription stuff. You tie that to that account, then you log into another account and uh, within the app's account system, it's 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 all a bit of a mess, yeah, and it's yeah. hard to
0: trying to, to link um, a subscription and keep that up to date with your own account management system, mm-hmm. very, very difficult. Uh, I know mm-hmm. that it's not easy because, like I said, worked on apps that do this, but still, I kind of would have expected better from Disney. Mm. Um, so, yeah.
2: I'm a little We're bit doing disappointed. that. So, we'll see what kind of fun issues <laughs> we'll run into. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, have fun. Um, yeah.
2: So, for Orbit, we'll launch, launch with mine. Apple subscription only, but we already have an entire account management yeah. system behind the scenes because there's obviously... <clears throat> we don't want to have through the App Store a way for I don't know if if I don't know if there will be anyone interested in that. But in theory, you could have an organization with hundred people, um, and that's really hard to manage through the in-app purchase system with Apple because Apple's not Apple's App Store is not really designed for one person to sign up for hundred people that they then invite, right? But we do want to like if they contact us, do it manually in, uh, initially, and then yeah, also so have a yeah, sign gonna... up through to, through the website at some point in the future. So we already have to, our own account system, uh, all working. So in theory, you could do that right now.
1: Yeah, and we also want people to be able to log in on multiple platforms, right? Yeah, so that's, yeah, the, so that's thing. the
0: thing. I mean, if you were exclusively on iOS or sorry, on Apple devices, so if Disney Plus was only on Apple TV and iPhone, it'd be less of a problem. But someone yeah. can't take my credentials... Sorry, somebody being me can't take my credentials and log in through Chrome, for example, on their desktop. Mm -hmm. Which kind of really sucks, because now when I go to uh, DisneyPlus.com and try and log in, it's like, hey, welcome back. Seems like you're not subscribed. Did you cancel or that your subscription end? It's like, no, my subscription is active. So, if I (laughs) renew in three weeks' time, It'll be via the website, I suppose, because
2: they contact support. Tri- not. I
0: trust. I DM'd um, oh, really? their Disney Plus help account on Twitter and haven't heard mm-hmm. back. Though the account does seem active, like they're frequently responding to people. So maybe I need to send them a public tweet first. I, I, I tried to take mm-hmm. the high road here. I didn't want to tweet about it. And um, I was like, I'll just DM them directly. Don't draw any attention to this issue. Um, but now they didn't respond to my DM and it's been like 48 hours almost. So I'm thinking I should probably tweet them first. Get one I of those mean, responses is- that says DM us and then...
1: Yeah. yeah. To be fair, it's Easter. So maybe... You uh, should they're still responding. A little bit more no, time. Yeah. Responding to other maybe, people, maybe it's just you. <laughs> they don't want to deal with
0: yeah. it. Oh, no, it's a, I don't know. I, I am yeah. not uh, up, like I'm not angry because like I understand. that It's <laughs> just is so a disappointed. problem. It, it's a very easy mistake, but it would be nice if you know to get it fixed. Um, yeah. mm. um, how's the app? I actually really like it. Yeah. Um, okay. Because I haven't used it at yeah. all.
1: No, me neither. We didn't claim our free subscription. My mm. one Should.
0: complaint with the TV app so far is that there's no. Clear way to resume watching what your um, what you're currently what, like. If you open uh, like Netflix or Stan, you know one of the first carousels will be uh, continue watching or resume watching. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whereas mm-hmm. for Disney Plus, you, I mean, the carousel probably exists, but it's not in the first few. So I find the easiest way is to go back in and search for the show or the movie that you want, oh, and then really? resume watching from that. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it exists. Like, I feel like that's a pretty obvious feature to have, but it's just mm-hmm. not front and mm-hmm. center when you open the app. I think they really want that initial um sort of launch experience to be the same for everybody like to have the big hero icon and to have because they've Mm -hmm. got this really cool like ui effect where the focused uh, if you you select from some categories and the focused one changes and it's like playing a little video animation in the middle like it's quite quite cool Mm. um but i think they want that to look the same every time you open the app and not be dependent on what you've watched or what you're watching um which is my one complaint. I mean, I see
1: that for the sake of a first launch experience, yeah. but after that, I think, I mean, you, you got to focus on what's easiest for the user. And I think a user is not always want to, they don't want to see a pretty app necessarily. They want the app to be pretty, but they also want it to be useful. Yeah. Absolutely. So I'm surprised that they don't do that, but maybe that's something that will change. Do, do they integrate
0: yeah. with the TV stuff? Uh, I haven't looked at that yet. I'm, so I'm not sure. Um, yeah. So if I look, so I've just opened it on my iPad. Ah, there is continue watching, but it, one does not have the show that I started watching last weekend, and two is the fifth carousel. So, it's not... If you open the app, it's actually okay. you have to scroll to get there. Okay. Um, oh, okay. So, it's a little bit annoying, but yes. it is what it is. is. It the
1: same... Um, is the app looking very similar on the iPad as on the Apple TV? Quite quite similar, yeah.
0: They've got um, okay. pretty similarly laid out. Um, they don't do anything too fancy, which I like. They have a custom tab bar, which I don't like, Um I would rather just use, see the standard tab bar thing. Mm-hmm. Um Oh, something else I was gonna say about the app. Uh oh, they don't on T V OS at least. I haven't watched anything on iOS, they don't use like Apple's n- standard player. Um, like the I forget what it's called like A V asset mm-hmm. player mm-hmm. view controller or whatever the standard one is that Apple provides, which annoys me a little bit. Um, so when I um started watching, I tried to use the Apple TV, the remote app on my iPhone to disable subtitles because the person who'd watched before me had subtitles on and mm-hmm. it didn't work because they're not using that default Apple one. So, I had to like go into the mm-hmm. specific app menu that they have, the custom oh, UI
1: okay. uh, to
0: change that. I don't, for a movie streaming, TV streaming thing, I don't particularly see a benefit in doing your own custom player. They're not doing anything fancy. Um, mm-hmm. just watching video with either subtitles or not subtitles. Um, but yeah, apart from that, it's it's pretty cool. Um, works well. The app looks really nice. Like I gotta say, it's really well designed. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's. Um, should I have a look at it? Yeah, yeah, j- yeah, check it out. Use that one week free trial and watch Home Alone. Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think it comes with more movies than that one.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, maybe, maybe. So I don't
1: know if you heard, but Disney makes multiple movies. No way. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: No, there's actually so many mm. good movies on here. Lots of, I mean, I'm mostly interested I in Disney You just really ones. don't
2: like movies.
0: I, I, don't I know.
1: know. Like, I really, I, I really like Disney, but I just feel like sitting down for such a long duration. Even Disney movies can be short, too. Some of them are like 90 minutes. I can watch a TV show, like, I can watch two or three episodes of a TV show, but somehow, like, a movie doesn't feel like it has the same depth as a TV show. And also, not popular opinion, but in Disney movies, it's like interesting and. Inst-
2: Interesting story, interesting story, and then everyone starts singing for no reason. I was like, See, what, what's is, happening now? This is
1: why I like Pixar so much better. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like Singing is fine, but it always makes me feel, I don't know, like it's not, yeah, they use it to progress the story. I'm sorry. I know everyone's going to hate us from this, but I, I don't really need a singing. <laughs> like I, yeah, uh, I don't fair. know. I feel like, I mean, that it's a musical, so it mm. would be weird if they don't sing, but... I don't know. I think for you Kai it might be that when you tend to not you're listen to me under the bus. Yeah, Thanks, Mark. Yeah, No, you tend to like just knowing from like listening to music together with you for years, I know that you're not usually listening to the lyrics. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if you might not <laughs> <I'm> get... like <laughs> you're like what's happening with the story now? It, like the story progresses through the lyrics and if you don't listen to the lyrics, you you, uh. you might not enjoy the story as much. Uh but no, I, I don't know. I always found that the singing might be going off a little about too much, but That's just a taste thing. And it's fine. It's Disney. I can't be angry. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I could give you one more thing to be angry about. It seems like my okay. continue watching has genuinely been lost. So I went to, um, I searched for the show <laughs> manually that I'm in the middle of, and it has no recollection of me having watched it. It um, okay. wants me to start from season one, episode one.
1: I like that Kai started out asking you, how do you like the app? And you said, yeah, it's really good. And now it's like w- w- starting I to come if that up. that might be
2: related to your account issues. Maybe. Where it's like, maybe your account is not really linked to the content yeah. you're watching, and every time you restore your purchase, it's like... Who's Hello, he? Zach, are you? who are you? Yeah, Welcome yeah, to the
0: service. It was sure. your first launch experience. And Zach's like, maybe. oh, what a fancy animation. <laughs> <laughs> maybe anybody who hits restore purchases just gets in. Like, maybe yeah. I didn't pay for another account. Yeah, I don't know. Um, no, like I definitely have secret an Secret code word.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, no need to look into that. All right, well, mm. this is, yeah,
0: anyway, it is what it is but yeah. mm.
1: speaking of customer support <laughs> okay. um i was in, i've been trying to get in contact with uh, twitter's customer support mm. because one of my twitter accounts had been suspended mm. has, has this ever happened to you zach
0: it has not which of your twitter accounts Your main,
1: um the orbit twitter oh account which i hadn't i hadn't set it up like A usable account. Like there was no Hmm. profile picture, but I did answer like the confirmation. I I did go through the confirmation flow to confirm my email address and
2: all the account verification steps. Yeah, and and phone number and all the ones you would expect.
1: Yeah, and it seemed to be suspended because if you search, like if you go directly to the account without being logged into that account, it says that the account is like the account is not there. But then I can still log in and access it and look at my timeline and like use it like you would use Twitter. Um but then
2: uploading images. That doesn't work.
1: As soon as I try uploading images, it says something and the line's like something went wrong. And then I opened it on the back app and that one said, your account has been suspended, go to a website, follow this link to figure like to to sort it out. And then I click the link and it just gets me to the Twitter homepage. And there's not really anything I can do. Like there's no flow I can follow. Then I go ahead and try to reset my email address and it just won't send me the reset, uh, sorry, the reset password email, and it won't send me the reset password email. And I've been trying to contact them. I think I contacted them last Sunday, and they haven't gotten back to me.
0: Mm. that's sad. Yeah, I've not heard the best things about Twitter support, so hopefully it doesn't <laughs> take too long. But
1: yeah, mm, yeah, maybe I have to email them again.
0: I also don't know what their heuristics
2: are about suspending accounts. But also, it seems like, I don't know why, <laughs> Twitter used to be a lot better at then unlocking accounts again. Like, the suspense, the name, and then it's available again. Same for inactive accounts. That seems to not happen a lot, which is a bit annoying. I understand the like there was this article about, hey, we, we unlock accounts again, and then people complained that, I don't know, a family member died and then they didn't... Uh, I don't know, they didn't want that account to be available again for others. Um, but for suspended account, I mean, realistically, who's going to use a suspended account?
1: Well, I won't, because I can't. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah. Anyway,
2: uh, moving on. I had a quick pro, t- pro tip, considering that a lot of podcasts and, and websites and Twitters and... and such uh we're talking about how difficult it is to use face id and Ooh, with face yep. masks and how the next iphone needs to have a fingerprint sensor because now everyone's wearing face masks turns out that's a thing that people in other countries have been doing for a long time and turns out apple knew about that for <laughs> at least since iris i believe 11 12 anyway for some time and you can actually add uh, different personas when you set up your face id so you just create one persona without face mask one with face mask and it should work
1: so all you do is i looked at just this exact setting so all you go do is just go into the face id and password settings and then there's a button very obviously displayed on the screen saying set up an alternative appearance
0: (laughs) have you tried this though because I have with one okay. of those face with a P2 face mask, and it didn't mm-hmm. work for me. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. So, yeah, it's it must be hit and miss.
2: Yeah, I, I I didn't have a full face mask, but I did with something that covered part of my face, and I assumed it would work.
0: Yeah. Now, during the Sydney bushfires last year, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. tried to set, because Face ID just would not work when I was wearing a P2 mask, um, mm-hmm. I tried to set up the alternative appearance setting, and it didn't work. Um I think Did the setup not work or did the recognition not work? The setup wouldn't work. So it wouldn't oh, recognize my face. I have screenshots which if I can find them I will happily send to you. Mm-hmm. Um because I remember the date that I took them, but no oh, look. Oh well, I can't find it. But I thought I had screenshots of me, mask, face ID mask. Do I have it in my FaceTime? Nope. Alright, don't worry. I can't find it. But I had, I had the error message. I thought I had the error message that it had when, um, when trying it with a, a mask. But admittedly, that was not a surgical mask. I think a surgical mask would cover less of your face mm-hmm. than um, the P2 sort of smoke masks. So, um, your mileage way, may vary. I would, I would give it a shot. Uh, there is at
2: least a chance that it might work. And if so, then that becomes a non-issue for yeah. at least that particular person.
1: Yeah. And you don't need Apple doesn't need to add face uh, add Touch ID just for this.
2: I mean they might do it <laughs> anyways. Um I think that will
1: probably be for other
2: reasons though. Would you want Touch ID back?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah? You do
1: mm, I don't feel yeah. like I need that at all because it never really worked for me. So
2: that's fair. Yeah. Malin doesn't have fingerprints. Malin's more of a, I don't know, genetically inclined to be a burglar. <laughs> so I don't know what's happening, but Malin's fingerprint changes like every mm. every other day.
0: Mm. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. See, Face ID works really well for me, but it definitely has, me- has resulted in a change in habit of how I use my phone. Like... Mm-hmm you have to be conscious when you first pick it up that it needs to somehow brush in front of your face. Mm-hmm. Um Whereas previously, it's like, let's say it was sitting on a table or whatever, could sort of that's reach true. over mm-hmm. in the act of picking up my phone, rest my thumb on the home button, and it would be unlocked mm-hmm. by the time I had yeah. it to my mm-hmm. face. Yeah. And so I have no reliability issues with Face ID. It just means that you kind of have to subconsciously always wave it loosely in front you of your say face.
1: say that's a habit you've gotten into now? Because I, I do agree that... Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I feel like now, yeah, it was a bit awkward in the beginning. It felt like I overdid it and really put it in front of my face. But now I'm doing it more casually because I sort of I recognize the boundaries of how far to my face it has to be. Yeah, and I think it's a habit now. So I would. Would you prefer
2: like a super wide angle face ID or a uh, touch ID that's in screen?
1: How also, wide probably- would it be? Let's would say, that like, be like, full- I can have it on the table and look Anything at it? Anything
2: that you would think is reasonable to look at your screen is also reasonable to unlock.
1: That would be great. I mean, again, I don't care about touch ID. <laughs> Zach- I don't know why I'm really contributing to this conversation. <laughs> Zach, what do, uh, what do you think?
0: I'm still going to say I prefer. Really? Oh, sorry, really? Not prefer, to, I, I would take an in-screen touch ID. Okay, and that's, in that's my, interesting. In Zach's ideal world, whichever one fired first is valid. So if okay. I picked up my phone and my thumb rested on the Touch ID and it was unlocked before it got anywhere near my face, cool. If mm. it needed to scan my face cuz I picked it but up by the, the saying, side right? of the phone.
2: I, I I don't know if Apple would bring the bring Touch ID into like under the screen. Mhm. The, the main reason I would see is because they want to get rid of the camera rain right on to To mm. decrease the, the notch uh, size, yeah, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. But you would still have a front facing camera. There's no way they would take the camera yeah, away. But yeah. can, altogether.
2: Like a big chunk of the array is yeah. is face ID related. You yeah. could get, but it I don't think of-
0: face ID is going away. Like I would assume it would be additive. Um, uh, assumption, but yeah. Um, the other thing it does do is adds an extra layer of security for things. If you wanted to have multi-factor authentication. Like, it it becomes at that point three-factor authentication. It's something you have. But it's not
2: really because it's two things you have that you are, that you are anyways. It's not like you're ever, you know, it's not like someone gets... A hold of no, your thumb, but
1: look, look, not your face. No, but someone could look similar to you, maybe. No, that,
0: look, I mean. But how many, how many executives at, at banks, for example, are going to go, well, to make a transaction above $100, you need both of these things. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's the that's, reason that, why we don't that's want That's why it. It. <laughs> we shouldn't do it. Then
1: we should just convince the society that that's stupid. I
0: thought you would go the route of
2: how many bank executives. Executives are exactly the same-looking white old men. <laughs> I
1: thought you would go that way too. Uh, okay, so let's play it different. Yeah, face,
0: uh, if face ID is one in a million for most people, it's one in a hundred for them. Yeah, so even <laughs> so if let's would, play it different. Let's, let's say Apple would have
2: four different ways of of using biometrics. I hope the API just says biometric authenticated rather than. You being able to enforce all all Yeah, all and you 15, being able right? to pick
0: yeah. your favorite one, right? For some people, Face ID might not work because they're wearing a mask all the time and Touch ID is mm. flawless, whereas for Marlon, uh, Touch ID would never work, so she's going to mm. only use Face ID. Like, mm. pay, pick and choose. But I don't think if they could add uh, Touch ID in a way that didn't subtract from Face ID, i I'd mm. see no problem with that. I like, just it's see, nice see the
2: being value not having to have the big camera right in the top because you yeah. would actually save a lot of notch... A state, f- and okay. you could move it back to a screen.
1: <laughs> so, so Kai asked earlier whether or not you would prefer having a wide screen, a wide angle camera, or a, um, or, or or an additional, or, or or the touch ID. What about if the touch ID would not be in screen? Would yeah, then prefer- it's silly.
2: There's no way. It might yeah, be no, like I don't, on the I don't back, see them or it might be like design. a
1: hole. No. Okay. So what would you do? You would have rather have the wide angle. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, the one yep. area where Face ID is sort of unquestionably better, assuming Face ID works for you, is when you need to authorize things while already using your phone. So, mm-hmm. for yep, example, yep. It, it annoys me, but some apps have Face ID requirements on launch. So, for example, yep. the app to check the app for my broadband provider at home to check how much data we've used <laughs> needs to needs Face ID to open. Super it's secretive. Dumb. It's, uh... Uh, <laughs> Goodness, someone's gonna know I've used 300 gigs in five days. Is
1: that all that app is showing or is it showing? Uh, No, you can change your account.
0: Um, you can change your account details, but I would rather do the, like you could up your plan or or reduce your plan. Mm -hmm. I would rather prompt for face ID when you do a destructive yeah. action or yeah. not just. Yeah. but in uh, general but it's, it's like, always the
2: thing it's like yeah. how did they get into your phone in the first place so they, they stole yeah. your face to to unlock your phone so then yeah. go into your broadband provider
0: and yep. upgrade your plan for next month haha <laughs> gotcha <Yeah. laughs> wow you spent an extra ten dollars yeah but, but like my banking even app write, does this you, right where you, you, you can check you can <laughs> open the app check your balance look at all your transactions without any kind of authorization because mm. for starters you've got into your phone to begin with yeah. so you've already yeah. proven to some extent but then if you want to make a transaction then you need your face it's yeah. like that's cool like I'm totally on board with that Um, but But for those flows yeah (laughs) yeah. for those flows it is nice to already be looking at your phone and just have it do its thing as opposed to having to manually reach down and touch the button Mm.
1: yeah yeah Yeah, definitely especially considering that phone size humongous right now so in order to do Mm -hmm. that you have to like if you hold your phone with one hand and then have to move down to the touch ID button you have to do this like
2: juggling with the phone welcome to 2016 where we talk about touch ID versus face ID (laughs) (laughs)
1: It's <laughs> not Lovely. much happening right now okay
2: <laughs> yeah no but i i don't know i don't know if if I, it also depends right the in-screen ones if they work better than what touch id two how far do we make it in touch id iterations
0: yeah two sounds i think all there right. was a major second a
2: one that got way faster or was the third either way the latest generation touch id was still not as reliable for me personally as face ID was in the first iteration, and now it just got better since. Um, but I also see the, the the camera array. I mean, at some point Apple wants to go to a full screen front, right? Yeah. And to get there, we have to figure out what to do with the notch.
1: Mm. I would so much. I, I really, I really wouldn't mind not having a camera so i think if they if they yeah remove but that's the, not going to happen that's i know you being not.
0: no facetime Just, you, you can't facetime if you don't have a front camera well I'm i can gonna face gonna time with no my mac <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it's not going to happen yeah and how many people take selfies constantly you lose your entire this market of teenagers so if you take away the front camera
1: yeah no more selfies would be amazing but it's the you thing can take right? away I-
0: their headphone jack and they'll survive you can't take away their front <laughs> camera for me, it's also like I, I still I don't know if my
2: iPhone ten ten s or eleven had working cameras. I, I can I, I could not tell you like the front facing cameras. I've never used them mm-hmm. unless you accidentally hit the button briefly. Um, but I, I totally see how millions of people use them every day, and probably more so than the back cameras. So that's fine. Whatever we we need that, but there are definitely if you're looking at something like Samsung, they have the um, hole punch camera. Type yeah, thing, yeah, that's that would kind of neat. I think um, the
1: way that Xiaomi, uh, there's, uh, there's some Xiaomi phones having it in the bottom right corner. Yeah, oh, that's the experimental
0: neat. ones. Yeah. Then I've got You have a fifty-dollar dongle to plug a camera <laughs> into the bottom of your phone. <laughs> Done, <laughs> genius. <laughs>
2: Yeah, but there are also those pop-out ones that are kind of interesting.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, but that takes a bit longer, right? It takes, yeah. like, some minutes, yeah, yeah, like yeah. to open Especially for
2: unlocked, that would be annoying. But yeah, for, yeah. like, selfies, that's probably better because you can have more depth and the cameras can actually be better. Um, but mm. then you have all the water resistance issues and the
0: hitting and it with And also the something dust or, issue, right? Yeah. If
1: someone gets stuck in there, that can cause more damage. The front
0: camera on an iPhone, what are we up to, 11 Pro, is really good, like... Looking at this FaceTime call that we're doing for this call, it's abysmal and we're all on backs. Um, the iPad is sort of somewhere in between, but that, mm-hmm. the, the recent phones that like I kind of, I mean, if the the iPhone had a bigger screen, funnier, cause I complain about the size of the screen so much, um, but sort of like, I want that camera attached to a bigger screen for FaceTime. Mm-hmm. I don't use mm-hmm. my phone for FaceTime because it's so small, but that camera is incredible. Like I would use that all day. If I, I want to use that for work <laughs> meetings, I want to use that for everything. It's just a really impressive front video camera. And yes. I, along with the rest of the world have discovered that in the last month, having to spend many hours a day on video calls. So
2: Yeah. Yeah, I wonder if, if what's going on at the moment will increase the demand for better face... What are, what are we oh, it calling them to. now? It has to. I, I still sometimes call them eyesights. What what does Apple call them? Just FaceTime camera?
1: Wait, which one? You mean the, the one the on the MacBook? The camera Mac,
2: on the on, yeah. yes. What Yeah. What are we calling them?
0: It's definitely got HD in the name. Um, <laughs> Why? Oh, <laughs> uh, look, <laughs> I don't know. Um, oh, the FaceTime settings doesn't have it you are going to go to
1: Apple.com, Mac. Yeah, oh, um, 720p FaceTime HD camera. Yeah, it's oh, a FaceTime,
0: FaceTime HD. HD. Yeah, well. Mm. Well, we're using it exactly as intended right now for some yeah. HD quality streaming. Oh, it's such a, a poor 720p, really. <laughs> I'd, like, I'd like an Apple feature where you could use your iPhone as a camera attached to your Mac. Kind of like, you know how you can... Um, briefly you can take a photo and send it across to your mac instantly like that kind of thing mm. if, if you actually feed.
2: works on that at the moment so ah, nice we might be able to get you a, a beta invite if you're interested in ah, trying that
0: mm, fancy, yeah
2: maybe mm. that'd be cool so it's kind of cool um, uh, i mean if it works it's, well yeah it's probably yeah, everyone's them.
0: best yes. camera they have right oh yeah I mean, yeah, yeah. The yeah. Problem imagine with turning that, is that you... phone around and pointing it you. you can get like a nice yeah. 4k k know video feed yeah not that my internet could handle 4K upload.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the problem is also you need some kind of mount. But then it's yeah, it's yeah. kinda cool. Right. If you if you do have a setup where you like flip in your phone and you get like such a good camera. Um yeah, it's it's pretty nice. Hmm. Especially if I mean nice. it's it's one thing for phone calls. But if you're doing anything like, I don't know, now we have more People sitting at their desk, conference talks, right? For that, it's it's more valuable because most people will not see it on a small, tiny bubble on on their on their mobile device or on their on their computer, but actually potentially full screen or in larger larger windows at least. Mm. So if you do those kind of presentations, that that that's where the value kind of increases a lot for better video cameras. Yeah,
0: yeah, I'd really love to (laughs) see uh, improved front facing camera on Mm. the next Max. And honestly, if this whole work from home thing lasts. For much longer, uh and the new MacBook Pro doesn't have a better camera. Then it might be worth investing in like a 1080p webcam or something. Mm. I've considered <laughs> that because like you're doing a lot of video calls and it, it helps to have a good setup. So
1: yeah, but it sounds yeah. like the 1990s where you buy a separate <laughs> oh, webcam,
0: and they're so expensive. <laughs> I remember as well. when I got my
1: first webcam. I think I got it like mm. as a birthday present. I was so excited. <laughs> could could uh, uh, Sky- I guess I don't know if they Skype No, I think it was MSN Messenger, and then I had like. Camera turned
0: on. Well, before this disaster, I actually had a little bit of tape over mine. Oh, really? And it stopped being practical to keep... Yeah, because I never used it. (laughs) I was like, well, no harm, you know, a little extra security, and I never needed to take it off, but now it's (laughs) it's using it every day. So, it's not practical to have that tape over there.
2: No, I I was never a tape-on-the-camera kind of person. It just looks... It draws too much attention. Mm -hmm. It's like, I I totally... Fair enough. I would totally see it if it would be... An Apple designed uh, like like a shutter, yeah,
1: or like a like a in Nets general. Cover. That would be kind
2: of nice yeah. uh, to have, like a, a shutter that's on the inside mm-hmm. that is just closing when it's so you can see, like that it's physically yeah, not it's like connected. a hardware disconnect, mm. yeah. yeah. Mm. But yeah, we'll see, we'll see. I mean, it's not like Apple can just change everything right now. They're yeah. probably having quite a uh, pipeline of things that they're really oh, yeah. struggling to get. Yeah, at. I think yeah.
1: that was interesting. Kai and I we were talking about that the other day. That it feels like people s- start to settle in and realize that this sort of work at home experience experience yeah wish, uh, would like that it's going to continue for a while and people start to be like okay this is what we're going to live with like we're fine it's it's going to work out we're going to do this to some extent mm-hmm. um but i think that there will be so many other long lasting things that people are not really expecting at the moment so i think for example when it comes to things like hardware like i think the Mac that's gonna that's been planned to be released this year is gonna be released and it's gonna look very much like they designed it to be. But I think the Mac or the iPhone that comes out in two or three years might be having significant like delays or have to have some like changes because yeah, especially of the next the work generation they to iPhone, do now. right? If we're looking
2: yeah. at whatever the iPhone, what are we at next one? Will be twelve? Let's just go with that because Maybe. that would be simple. <laughs> Who knows if if that's what Apple's. Going with, but let's just for discussion sake say the next iPhone is 12, the next mm-hmm. the one after that is 13. The 13 is. Up until 13 or 14, we probably still see impact on what's happening right now, right? Because Mm -hmm. those are the ones that are being designed and worked on right now. Yeah. And those are probably the teams that struggle the most with working
1: from home. Yeah, especially like any hardware stuff is just really a lot more difficult. And there's more, I can imagine there being a lot more security around those things as well. And you can't just easily take things home like that. So
2: also like you have a lot more tools. Like software is easy, right? Software can, apart from policy, there's no, reason you can't do software from home like it's all policy things that are easily fixable Mm -hmm. but for for the hardware design you have very expensive and very rare equipment that you might need to to work and also a
1: different type of prototyping right and you often need like machinery to do Mm -hmm. those things so i think we're definitely going to see those things and i think it's going to be unfortunate and it's this like side effect that i think many people might not realize now but i think there will definitely be a more long-term hit on certain things. I don't know. Like, I think it's going to be expected and it's going to happen to all companies. But I think... Um, and I just I just think it's something that we have to be aware of, that this is something that's going to last also, longer. Also, like,
2: like TV shows, right? Yeah. Like, a lot of TV shows stop filming now, mm-hmm. which, uh, which is not like the TV show you watch tomorrow, but the one that was scheduled for, like, next the winter year. or, or yeah. spring next year. They will not start... When they would usually start, they might start like six. We we kind of have a drought, yeah, I, think. I think, next spring yeah. of of mm-hmm. the TV, new seasons of TV shows because they but just movies can't too, frame, right? right? Movies
0: are delayed now. Um, like movies that are meant to be out now are being delayed, and nothing's being recorded. Yeah. But we just established <laughs> but No one cares thing- <laughs>
1: about movies. <laughs> but the thing with movies, though, is that many things have even been delayed to be released because movies are such a different concept. Like you tend to release it and have it oh, in cinemas first, mm. and I think. At least they have at least been delayed from this year because they want people to be able to go and see watch it in in movie theaters. So I think we will get them. Once the pandemic is over, and then they can maybe catch up and make for future years. But I think TV shows is just something that we all expect continue to come, and I think it's just something we we just have at home and it, it like can watch comfortably. But I think if this continues for a year, we we gonna start running out of new TV shows. So I think think we think we have a lot of things on our backlog, so we will be fine, people. Don't panic. But- there's
0: so much yeah. on Netflix and yeah. all those. Yeah. yeah, now there's Disney Plus. It's great. <laughs> um, what you, okay. So, as an aside, and this is definitely not a tech topic, but what do you think this means for new music? Because I was thinking about <laughs> this and it could go one of two ways. Either it, it's like you have a bunch of artists who are all locked up in their homes and mm-hmm. they spend the next six months being like super creative because they're like, I've got nothing better to. I can't tour. My tour was cancelled. I'm just going to write new music. And then, you know, next year, once you're allowed out of the house, you hit the studio and you record. Or does it go the other way of everyone's all down and depressed for six months and gets nothing done and creativity <laughs> is rock bottom and so every, like new music is just pushed back Down by, and yeah. depressed
2: sounds like the perfect uh, environment for a new Death Cab album it's, Well that's
0: the thing, it depends what kind <laughs> of music you're into. I was thinking like the punk albums next year are going to be so good because it's just all going to be about like isolation and not being able <laughs> to see people you want to see and not being able to go out with your mates and like all these like typical like 90s punk things that you used to like talk about in in some mm-hmm. oh, t- t- about in punk it's like it's going to be perfect for this uh kind of down and out depressing thing but also a lot of those kind of musics are banned so you kind of need to be together to Mm. create that kind of music so i don't know i'm not sure which way it's going to go but it's going to be interesting and then there's also going to be a lot of pent-up shows and concerts and things that are being canceled like i know i've got uh two tickets to like sorry tickets to two separate concerts over the next few months that are obviously not going Mm -hmm. ahead uh Mm -hmm. and at this point they're both being pushed back but i don't imagine that's going to be the case like for much longer i I think they'll be cancelled within a few months so it's gonna be interesting Um, electronic music will boom next spring (laughs) so many bedroom djs just
1: (laughs) (laughs) but i mean you also do have a lot of like newly like a, a lot of younger or like more recent more recent musicians they might become they might already start out on YouTube, right? There are many, many musicians that start out like that and they might be um seeing by themselves or and I think those will definitely be able to like strive like they will be able to continue with this. And I think they're creative people. I think they will come up with a creative solution and I think Many musicians are technical as well, so I can imagine that like if you need to record an album and you don't get access to a studio, you will be okay. I think there will be like you will be able to set it up and play together and then Single record. Maybe record will
2: also be very successful.
1: Yeah, um, I think. But I yeah, think even yeah. if you're a band, you can record separate. It might it's be hard. a very different type of experience, yeah. but.
2: Um, but it's like oh, everyone who's. Now we kind of see a good example of why it is useful to know your entire craft, right? Yeah. Because yeah. like all the people that already know how to how to film themselves, how to record something, how to mix their own music, how to yeah. mix stuff, they can at least, even if it's not studio quality, they can at least get kind of sample tapes still mm-hmm. produced. Yeah. Like that applies to anyone. Like they can to still YouTubers the fans and to in some way, right? Yeah.
1: They can release something that might not be the final recording, but they can still
2: make, make content for yep. for an audience yeah well all the people that were kind of like relying on their entire uh crew of like 50 people to get their music to be uh at, at all uh enjoyable yeah they're probably in a way tougher situation or it encourages more people to learn those skills
1: yeah you can but see that a little bit like yeah. the
2: night night uh, the, the late night shows yeah like uh stephen colbert and and um What's John Oliver's called? Uh, uh, last Week Tonight. Last Week Tonight, yeah. There, You can see them, how they're all learning how computers work all of a sudden. <laughs> it's kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. It's like, wait... What button do I push? Where, where does the camera go? How do I have to use lighting? It's, it's, it's kind of interesting. And it's surprising, right? That you see people that are.
1: People that are on TV all the time have, don't really <laughs> seem to have a clue of how to film themselves. <laughs> I think yeah. they, they're definitely able to work it out. And I think that's great. And it's great that they continue making their shows, but they seem to have more challenges than I would expect because I think nowadays there are so many people who make things like vlogs or make mm-hmm. things like, um, um, like game streaming mm. channels. And I think many people are really multi-disciplined in that way and can sort of make something themselves, mm. by themselves. And I think um, this sort of encourages everyone mm. to get more diverse skills in order to be it's useful, right?
2: Like MKBHD has yeah. no real impact. He can make videos like he did uh, three months ago. Yeah,
1: and they're as good quality. Mm. It, yeah.
2: So it's it's... People learn more skills. It's pretty useful. Not just in a pandemic, but especially in a pandemic.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's just good to be able to do things by yourself. Hmm.
2: So next topic we have in our list is digital Cocoa Heads. And I assume, based on on that, that that's probably a Zach topic.
1: Oh, I wrote it down because I just saw that Zach announced it on Twitter. That there will be a digital Cocoa Has this happened already? We're running a
0: digital Cocoa Heads. And we spoke about it last week. But um, yeah, we've announced it... it It's. I mean, I don't really have too much to say. It's. Um. We spoke a lot about it last week, but. Um. We've got a speaker, which is good. Um. Mm-hmm. And our plan, at the moment, is probably to live stream to YouTube and figure oh, out some way of audience interaction. Not sure if that's going to be Zoom or if it's just going to be text-based chat on mm-hmm. the YouTube live stream. The advantage to doing everything via YouTube is that YouTube is better at filtering the comments than mm-hmm. something like Zoom is at keeping the trolls out. Yeah. yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. I was in a Zoom call and earlier you can have this super week. Super chats,
2: so you can have uh, get some donations to Heads.
0: <laughs> nice. Um, I was, yeah, I was in a Zoom call earlier this week where the link was published publicly oh. on Twitter, oh. and that did not end well. So that has made me weary of making a Zoom call open to everyone. I was thinking mm-hmm. if we do that, it would have. We probably just have to send it out to Meetup people who've RSVP'd mm-hmm. yes on mm-hmm. Meetup and not publish it publicly, which could keep people I away. I think that's sort so- of
2: fault for online. Uh, meetups at the moment. Yeah. I think if yeah. if it's on if it's online you have to RSVP in order to see the link for yeah. exactly that reason.
0: It's fair. It makes sense. Um so yeah that's we're still working through that. But we've got a speaker. We might have a, a time for chat. Um otherwise we could just use the zoom as an after um mm-hmm. thing like, yeah, like uh, we could put discussion. the link up in the youtube stream yeah. for example mm. because the chance of somebody scraping video yeah, content yeah. on youtube light, like it's so small compared to somebody mm. pulling in all tweets and yeah, youtube yeah, comments yeah. with zoom links mm-hmm. so uh there's, there's ways around it we're going to figure it out um uh, we've got a few days but yeah it's going online did you
2: attend uh, melbourne coquette
0: sure did how did that go um that was really well done um so they had one host uh which, sorry, one MC host type person. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Um, they had two talks. was awesome. There wasn't much downtime between the talks. It was pretty mm-hmm. go, go, go. So, it kept it interesting. It kept it short. Um, they streamed to YouTube, so they didn't mm-hmm. use Zoom. Okay. Uh, they used Zoom for, like, I the after-party. where you party. got the idea yeah. from. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Um, <laughs> they used Zoom for the after-party, which was what got crashed. <laughs> um, okay. So that's yeah. That's, that's yeah. definitely going to be a challenge with work through. But yeah, I think the YouTube thing worked really well. Obviously, YouTube mm. is good because um, generally, no matter what your connection quality is like, YouTube will do yeah, the right yeah. thing by you and scale the video and audio quality mm. accordingly. It can be quite good. It could be poor. Um If I'm hosting, I'll probably like nerd out and use this microphone and these headphones so that Mm -hmm. you get uh, so that everyone gets like really good quality audio Mm. um, and so that there's minimal latency by not using Mm -hmm. like AirPods or something. Um, So, yeah, we'll we'll slow it out. Um, But yeah, that's going ahead on Thursday night. Um, If you want to attend the meetup page is public. You can um, you can attend from anywhere in the world. That part's really cool. It's actually Mm. really cool with the Melbourne one that there were so many people, not just from Melbourne, who tuned Mm in, um, which made it really fun. And I've been looking through the RSVPs for Sydney for next week. And we've actually got a few people from all around Australia and a few international uh, RSVPs as well. We're getting a lot of people joining the Group on Meetup who aren't normally based in Sydney. So, that's really cool. I'm excited to have people tune in from everywhere who are interested. Um, So, yeah, it's going to be cool. Be a learning experience. We'll probably stuff some things up, but but um, we've done some test runs and, and tried to make sure that everything sounds okay and looks okay. And um, yeah, so it should be good. Um, we're looking yeah. forward to it. Yeah, that sounds yeah. good. When and the we have a sponsor was- who's providing the Zoom account, which is really awesome and yeah. really thankful to them. So we'll mention them more on the night, but yeah. Um,
2: the after party that was crushed in Melbourne, um, how did it go outside of the Zoom bombing? Was, was there like actual conversation between people? Yeah, how yeah. many people so, did show up?
0: There was only like, I think... At, at most, there was about eight, um, but okay. it was mostly between four and six. Uh, people mm-hmm. kept coming and going as they could, mm-hmm. uh, just la- that type of yeah. thing. Um, it was really good. Like, I know most of the people in there. I think they know most of each other as well. Like, it's the regular Melbourne that, that helps a lot. people. Yeah. It, it does mm-hmm. help, yeah. So, um, conversation flowed. It was pretty good. Um, we eventually moved to Hangouts, which meant that the host had to manually approve everybody. So, if they didn't mm-hmm. recognize the name, they just didn't accept, which was a uh, a a better way to do it than have it be crashed uh obviously means i mean like if you had a legit looking name you're allowed to join type of thing Mm -hmm. and then they could kick you out more easily than zoom where the thing with zoom was we got an influx of people and we couldn't kick them out fast enough Mm. so or not that i had anything to do with kicking them out but the host couldn't kick them out fast enough Mm. um so that was the problem there but yeah, yeah the the chat was really good probably stayed for about an hour um after the meetup and just kind of chatted ios developer things it was actually at that moment that i realized my problem with disney plus so i was running ideas by everyone in the chat and (laughs) asking in the conversation and asking if they use disney plus um so it was a bit of fun um you know obviously a lot of conversation in those kind of groups at the moment is around working from home and what's working for Mm. people um it would be good for sydney if we uh, sydney Cokeheads if we could talk about like, developer-y things, but obviously people have other things on their mind at the moment. So, we'll see where it goes, see what people want to talk about. Um mm. Yeah, but hopefully the actual meetup itself is a nice escape from wor- worrying about what's happening in the world, and we can just listen to a nice developer talk. So Cool. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: we'll do. I'll give you an update this time next week, I suppose.
1: Yeah, um, we'd we like have... to be able to join. I just saw that, but I just saw that it's one thirty a.m. for us, so... We're trying to get our schedule on track, so we should probably not attend.
0: Uh, you still have, like, three hours before you sleep at that point, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like evening coffee time for you.
1: Oh. Yeah. yeah. We're trying to get better, go to yeah, bed a re- somewhat reasonable time.
0: Yeah. The, um, the person who's helping us put on the Zoom call is actually in your time zone at the moment. And they're like, yeah, I'll be up. My time zone, my sleep schedule <laughs> is whack at the moment, so they're going to help from... Uh, that weird, time, I was actually surprised. I was like, hey, do you want me to run it? He's like, no, I'll be up. It's good. Yeah. Right, cool. Um, that's fine. So, yeah, it is what it is. Um, we got some news this morning. Well, I, it was this morning for me when I woke up that uh, Apple and Google <laughs> are working together. Uh, mm. They're to sitting in a tree mm. to prevent the spread of COVID-19. Mm. Um this is interesting. Who wants to take this one and give a nice little summary or something?
1: Also, wasn't that enough of a summary? Oh, okay, sure. Um,
0: no, what do you think the, of it then?
1: <laughs> I, I put this in the show notes because I <laughs> wanted to just talk about how I appreciate that during these difficult times, big companies come together. And I really think it's great because it's always been this thing like… I think often you sort of feel like oh wouldn't it be great if something is available on both platforms or like since since, since mo- the majority of people are on um, since the majority of mobile users are either Just on, on the iOS record, or you're or not Android. referring
2: to Native.
1: no no <laughs> I never, I'm never really referring <laughs> to drag native. Um, but, but it's always been sort of this like divided community or this divided platform, like iOS and Android. Um, so I think making something. So what Apple and Google are trying to do is to make a, a type of network so that you're able to, um, know if you've been in contact with someone who is, um, reporting themselves as being diagnosed positively to have COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that should be something that you can go, can distribute to the people who you've been in touch with and then everyone knows that they should be taking extra care of themselves and probably self isolate and the idea um, is that
2: all of this privacy preserving so you keep a whole bunch of i guess uh, randomized IDs mm. and then they can kind of, everything is stored locally and then yeah. you can broadcast to all of them if you're saying hey I've been tested positively with that then sends an anonymous message to all of those people that they've been within proximity, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I think this is really good. And I think this would be... This is something that... Unfortunately, it's, it would be really, really hard for an indie developer to do. So yeah. it sort of requires a big company to do this and, uh, and I a think
2: collaboration between uh, multiple big companies.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Especially now, like I said, the, 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 it's sort of always been a divided market, Android and iOS. And it's great to hear that Google and Apple is coming together and they're really focus seeming to focus on privacy as well, because I think, if other, like, depending on the company doing this, people might also be so a bit more unsure about using this type of app, but they've been very clear on how they're going to use the technology. All of the documentation is available online on Apple's website. And you're, they're very much focused on the privacy. Like everything is, nothing is location based. Everything is uh, Bluetooth based. So you're only going to be able to know which um device IDs or which uh, like temporary IDs you've been in touch with. And if any of those IDs uh, report as being positively tested, you will be able to know if that you have been in contact with those people. And they seem to swap these IDs on a 15 base time uh, every 15 minutes. Um So it's also like so you can very difficult people. to be able to trace yeah. where people have been throughout the day. People would just know, okay, I was in contact with a person Um if, for example, Zach gets a message that you were in contact with one person, and like Kai gets a message, you won't necessarily know if this was two different people or if it was the same person because it doesn't matter. I hope it was instead. different
0: people, given we're twelve and a half thousand Ks away. I know, I know.
1: Um, <laughs> it'd be a bit worrying but, if it was. The point is that like there's no way know. to trace who it was from. You just know that you should be cautious and be yeah. probably mm-hmm. isolate yourself.
2: What's interesting about that, it seems to require new software updates. So they seem to use uh, new APIs that are not available um, to get all of that working. Also, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how much you two have worked with Bluetooth stuff, but Uh Bluetooth is tricky, especially with location. Like, I I wonder how, like, there are a lot of things, right? We live in an apartment building um, that's very dense. Like, Mm -hmm. I can definitely see our our next-door neighbor's bluetooth tv because it constantly asked me if I want to play music on that yeah, one. Yeah. Yeah. Um but we're not interacting with each other, right? And yeah. they're probably if if I would if all devices would actually broadcast their their bluetooth status, we would probably see 100 devices at all times, right? Mm-hmm. Taking the elevator up and down, you probably go past everyone or taking the stairs or whatever. I think there are a lot of like I wonder Yeah, there could how, be a lot of
1: mistriggers. Mm,
2: yep. I wonder how considering like there are I think was it Singapore, Taiwan? Like certain governments had apps that kinda of tried to do something mm-hmm. similar, but obviously based on public APIs rather than what Apple and Google seems to do. Mm-hmm. But I, I do wonder how how well this this will actually work because of all of those kind of Bluetooth related limitations. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be—that's
1: a good question. It would be great if you could also, as a user, decide when. I mean, I know you can decide whether or not you want to send the information. So uh, it's up to you to decide when mm-hmm. you want to report as being um, as as being tested uh, positive, and then you can decide if you want to send that information or not. And I assume I, I think also you-
2: really hope people don't abuse that.
1: Yeah, yeah, but I also think you can uh, th- th- you can decide if you want to interact with other people's devices in the first place. Mm. Um, So it would be great if that's an easy thing that you can turn on and off. So let's say I'm inside of my apartment now, And then I can decide not to share it. And then I go out on the street. Then I decide to share it because that's when it's actually having an impact. Mm. I think that would be that's something that the users would have to be aware of because you can't really. But then you forget about turning
2: it on and those kind of things. Yeah,
1: it's
2: just it's just actually like if you actually it in theory it sounds like a great idea, Mm -hmm. but if you actually start thinking about it, it's not trivial. It's actually there's a lot to that to get that working mm-hmm. at all and working across platforms and then getting working to a point where it's providing useful uh, data mm-hmm. uh, it will be it will be very interesting to see how all of that is actually implemented and mm-hmm. to see I mean we can really verify it after the fact right it's hard to to say how well does this work yeah. Yeah. but it will be interesting to see I mean in in theory it, I think it's it's a great idea yeah and it's, yeah it's a great way of of doing those kind of contact tracing, because how else would you do it? It's the best tool we have. Yeah, it's probably yeah better than uh, that's else. the
1: thing. Even if it would mistrigger and let's say... Uh, no, worst uh, case, uh, people
2: stay at home, right? Exactly,
1: yeah. Uh, Which they it not... should do anyway, so... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, worst case, more people might be more cautious.
2: <laughs> so the, the implementation is just send a push notification, stay <laughs> home every once a day. <laughs> But, yeah, also, like, I mean, again, ultra-wideband. But the U1 chip is actually an interesting uh, use case for that, too. It doesn't seem like Apple will use that, and obviously that wouldn't work across different devices Mm -hmm. outside of the 11-series iPhones. Mm -hmm. But that would give you a lot more location-aware and proximity, like, proximity with Bluetooth is completely useless, right? You don't, you can't get accurate proximity through Bluetooth. You kind of get a noise data stream out of your bluetooth connection but and you can try to approximate a distance through that but in 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 reality like having a second person walking through that means like i've i've tried some of that when i tried to do like triangulation through bluetooth it's super like and that was kind of designed for for very busy um locations like a university or a bus bus uh, bus port or train station and P- Bluetooth is going on 2.4 gigahertz uh, frequency and water is really good at absorbing that. People are essentially bags of water. So if if you have two phones r- right next to each other and there's no interference, nothing at all, it's like, all right, they're very close, yeah. under a meter, whatever. Then you put like a body in between them and all of a sudden it says 50 meters away. Mm-hmm. But it's not 50 meters away. It's just a but- a person in between. Mm-hmm. So Bluetooth is really not ideal for this kind of thing.
1: But it's, I feel like it's the best we have. That exactly. it's universal that, on all devices because it's such an old technology. It's in every every like mm. every phone that's bought in the last mm. twenty years. <laughs> it just feels like such an old thing that's on all devices. So it will be easy to use that. And like we said, worst case, more people stay inside.
2: Yeah, yeah. I. I it's not. It's not a criticism. It's yeah. just to point out. This is not trivial, and that it will be interesting to see because. I do believe that Apple and Google are probably in a considering that they're partially making the devices that this will run on they're probably in the best situation to make this the best it can mm. physically be with the hardware they're using, mm. but it's also nice for in in the future when more devices have more accurate ways of kind of finding each other mm. uh we we we're actually going towards a future where those kind of things are are even more useful and and can be implemented in in more accurate ways mm. but yeah. It will be interesting.
0: It will be super yeah. interesting to see how this is. Either of you read the white papers, the like specifications and stuff?
1: I read uh, um, the API uh, okay. some of the API documents. Not, not much. Like I'm by no means an expert at this yeah. topic, but uh, yeah, and no, I'm really hoping
0: to read it before next week's show because it was announced this morning and I haven't had much time yet. Mm-hmm. But um, this mm. mm. afternoon, sit down and, and go through them because um, they seem mm. really interesting and they're not like they're not particularly long. Like I'm sure it's very dense, but it's gonna. Be, I think it'll be manageable to read. Um mm-hmm. yeah. So it'd be interesting to see how it works. But how do you feel about the privacy
1: of it? By the sound of it, it seemed to be very difficult to trace the person. And if they do it like I imagine, like just from my brief and un- brief read of it, it sounds like that's gonna be very secure. I mean first of all you seem to be able to update yourself. Uh, second of all using the um the IDs that are being the, the IDs that each individual person have are being swapped out on a 15 minute interval. Um, there's no, it, it doesn't seem to be any user data related to that. It's just this is your temporary key that you have for your, for your phone. And then you will be able to see these are the keys that this person was having. And then you will be, th- those keys will be distributed. And I think anyone who has been in contact with either of those keys, they will just know which of those keys they, their devices will only know. Which of the keys they were in contact with? They won't know the entire array of keys that was assigned to that user. But that's how I interpret it, is. and that side seemed to be like a reasonable, reasonable approach that seemed to be difficult to trace. What do you guys think?
2: I mean, yeah, for for an external person, this is like considering that. I, I think um, you have a tracing key that's generated per device, right?
1: You have, yeah. So. Everyone gets a new tracing key every 15 minutes. No, but that, that
2: is the rolling proximity identifier. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, that's you're the right. one. There are multiple levels, right? Yeah. the tracing key that's generated once per device. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the your device ID. Yeah. Then you generate a new daily tracing key that is derived from your device tracing key yeah. every 24 hours. And then the rolling proximity identifier is derived from the daily tracing mm-hmm. key every 15 minutes minutes so it it rolls every 15 minutes i didn't
1: realize there was a daily one as well i knew there was the device key and the rolling keys there's one in between because you don't
2: in theory uh the daily like if if you haven't seen a person during the same day there's no you know yeah yeah so i think there's kind of this this kind of multi-level and then there's a
1: but how would that add extra why would that be necessary and not just use the rolling keys? What is the daily key helping with?
2: So Again, th- that's the thing that changes every 24 hours. Just
1: I know. But what's the benefit of that? If you, All you need to know is if you have been in contact with someone based on the 15-minute uh, mm-hmm. rolling mm-hmm. key. What does the daily key help for in that scenario? Uh... Would that just help for you to filter? Oh, I guess it would help for you to filter, let's say... I've been using this app for ten days. I report uh, today that I was um, tested positively. Then I guess it only sends it to the ones that were um, associated with that daily key. So all the rolling keys that were associated with today's key would be notified, but it yeah, wouldn't because care there's about also the, the diagnosis
2: key, which is a subset of the daily tracing keys, um, which is only uploaded when the device owner is diagnosed positive for COVID nineteen. Mm-hmm. So I think that's how that then is linked. Okay. We probably know a lot more about tracing keys and daily tracing keys and diagnosis keys next week. Yeah. Um,
1: but overall, I feel like they have fought through it, and uh, I mean, it's impressive how quickly this turned around, considering mm. how uh, how quickly you have to react on so- to something like mm-hmm. this. But I think it seems like they've been considering those type of things uh, quite thoroughly, and I hope that they will not. I mean, sometimes when you rush products, you can you might not think of all the edge cases when it comes to privacy especially not i mean uh, not with things that do use your device bluetooth but i think they seem to have parts but it also this. seems
2: like it, it's fairly it seems to follow fairly standard crypto um concepts it's not like they're not reinventing the wheel, right? It's like mm-hmm. this kind of how, how other things that try to anonymously mm. kind of keep track of things, how how they do that. So I think that's just yeah. an application of that through Bluetooth.
1: And do they even, uh, I didn't read this part, but had either of you come across whether or not they even ask you for location access? I guess that is there anything used in your location From my Bluetooth very limited
0: only. understanding, it's got nothing to do with location and simply yeah. proximity to other devices.
1: That's what I thought as well. Yeah. But I was thinking like if they would also do location at the same time, they could infer things. But I think as long as they just request Bluetooth access and that's all they're using, it's very limited. But like, you can't really...
2: I mean, again, as the vendor, you could do whatever, right? As the vendor, Apple could just also use your GPS. Well, and even yeah. if you turn GPS on your phone off, if you see other devices, you know, you mm-hmm. at some point you got to know which device is which.
1: Mm-hmm. So
2: in theory, the vendor would... Probably yeah. have a way of, figuring. but they would have
1: to couple that data, yeah. right? So if they have the a thing. separate API that d- only cares about Bluetooth, yeah, and they don't even use like it, it, it you would have to puzzle a lot of pieces together. But in, in
2: general, to- if you don't trust Apple or you don't trust Google, your entire phone is open anyways because you know you you don't have a hardware disconnect for your GPS on your phone. So if you have an iPhone and you don't trust Apple, well, you're kind of screwed. You know, <laughs> okay. I mean, so I mean, realistically, th- there's no you, you, for this and for anything else in life, you gotta trust at least who makes the product. Yeah. And if you don't trust them, go with the ones that you do trust. And if there's no one you can trust, then tinfoil your head. Own phone. Yeah. So I, I think I, I will definitely enroll in this. Uh, out of, both out of curiosity, but also out of I mean, I do s- think this is potentially useful because we do want to contain this stuff so if if this can help
0: but it does rely on everyone opting in hey or as many people I mean, as that's possible the b- b- really.
1: border barrier yeah. right mm. yeah
2: yeah All right. yeah i mean you won't have everyone opting in obviously no, but it's it's like if if there is someone that i've been in contact with why wouldn't i i mean i'm we're already self isolating for for the most part anyways but if if i would get a notification then maybe pay even more attention or or avoid even like maybe it's even in a situation where i don't know for man and me we live together so for us even if one of us would get it 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 doesn't really matter because we would probably get each other spread the virus uh, between the two of us but in in other households or in other kind of relationships where people might not live together if if your partner gets the message you might not meet and you might uh, get that person to get groceries for you and those kind of things rather than doing it with, the, with you know. Mm-hmm. There, there are definitely ways how you can adjust your your life for that period after you get a notification that you've been potentially in contact with someone yeah. to, to just keep yourself and everyone else more yeah. safe. But I also wonder what kind of impact getting that notification will have on your mental health. You know, if you're like, all of a sudden you get a notification on your phone saying, hey, you've been in touch with someone with COVID-19 yeah, well speaking, symptoms or, yeah. or no even even more, right? It's like this person has been Tested diagnosed positively. positive. Yeah. I think that will also increase stress levels quite a lot.
1: Yeah, yeah. And the problem, like, it, it's it's good that you will be able to be like, okay, I know that I've been in contact with someone and I can take proper precautions um, mm-hmm. based on that information but at the same time like you said Zach if everyone doesn't do this you don't know if you have been in contact with someone so you should still not be like sweet I didn't get a notification today I'm safe yeah. um, so that might be adding a bit more stress to it because like you might get a notification but you might also not get a notification and you might still have been in contact with someone and it's a bit more unknown but at the same time I think it's overall beneficial yeah. It would be great if everyone ups in. I don't think that will happen. I, 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 that won't happen. Um, but overall, it's at least going in the right direction. I think. I think it's definitely something positive.
2: And something like Apple and Tim Cook and all those sitting at home recording into Twitter videos that he's doing lately, which are kind of interesting.
1: Has it done multiple? Have, I, I saw the I know one with the Okay.
2: Um, like Apple, like he said in those videos, they're doing things that Apple can do to help. And this is a good example of something Apple can do. Mm-hmm. They can probably get that together reliably, fairly, fairly quick in comparison. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do have, I do believe Apple can get that done well and same for google right so it's exactly the kind of things that tech companies should do mm-hmm. it's a lot of you you also see a lot of people who are like uh, i don't know uh <laughs> seems to always be vc uh people the vc who, people vc uh-huh. like venture capitalists yeah. who yeah. who now solve health crises because they've learned how how a for loop works once um you know, tech people are not necessarily the, the cure to all all issues we have in the world. No, but this is a tech solution that could potentially yeah. have an impact. And yeah. that's the things that are probably good things to focus yeah. on.
1: And I think the other thing we saw from Apple was that they made... the uh, um, What do you call it? Face Shield? Yeah. Uh, and that's something that Apple is perfectly equipped to do. I don't think a company like Startup A can do that necessarily, but Apple isn't like if you if, if you're a big company like Apple, you have a manufacturing process in place, then that's great, and they are able to 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 provide something like face shields, and I think that's really good. Um, but well, like, like in s- Canada,
2: right? Yeah. Uh, the Canadian government works together with Amazon to get medical supplies uh, shipped across the country because Amazon already has this entire distribution center infrastructure. Hmm. They have planes, they have uh, whatever channels to get things. Overnight or, or same day from, from one side of the country to the other. And all of that kind of on demand without notice, right? So they they already have a really good infrastructure for that. So it's a good partnership for them during this period. And, uh, yeah. So they make some use of their tax cuts they're getting all the time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Let's end on a grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh. Cool.
2: Well, will be interesting. Do we have a timeline for this? Do we know when this will? Good
0: question. There was something about May, but I'm not sure if that's just the API or if that's when they expect to have products using the API. Um, like I said, I'm going to go over it in more detail later. But yeah, Hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah.
2: And I mean, you also, I wonder if this will be an updated Apple, like force pushes quicker, Mm -hmm. because I mean, you need the software update to to get that right. So we definitely need
1: to get people to update their phones. I mean, Apple is not. Is Apple still pushing updates for phones that are not able to run iOS 13 anymore?
0: Like they have. I mean,
1: would this be? I wonder if this would be that type of uh, update that would be coming out to earlier OSs, or if it's just an iOS 13 thing?
2: Yeah, good, good, good question.
1: I mean, if it's specifically interacting with a Bluetooth chip, I don't think you wouldn't. I I, I don't see any limitations, but it's still. I don't like. It's still it's still a bit of a question mark mm. because they don't ship as many updates frequently for all the
2: versions. Mm. Yeah, well, mm. I don't know. We'll we'll see a lot mm. of that.
0: So
1: just well, an next update I mean, from who, the yeah.
0: um from the press release. Um, in May, the APIs will be released. Um, mm-hmm. using and it says that so these APIs enable the apps from public health authorities that will go like that will mm. later go live in the in the app stores. So. I don't know. That's open to interpretation, whether the apps come alongside the API and whether they're Mm -hmm. building the APIs in like at the same time as the apps. Who knows? Mm -hmm. But then it says in the coming months, Apple and Google will work to enable a broader Bluetooth based contact tracing platform by building this into their underlying platform. So I presume that would, that would be Mm -hmm. the point when it comes to, so like it would start with information in public health apps and then move into like Mm. the OS's themselves. So it looks like we're in a, Mm. a few months. Uh, timeline here Mm. but it's better than nothing and we're in this for the long Mm. haul so um, this will definitely have an impact when it's um, Mm. when it's ready in a few months
1: Mm.
2: Mm. i mean realistically also when we get through the first wave is it's quite important to then do that. I mean, at the moment in certain areas, it's like, I don't know, if you're in a super densely populated area like New York, there's almost no chance you wouldn't get a notification if it would have been around for the last three months, right? Everyone would have had a notification by now. It's interesting if we get that in time for kind of following waves, because then it's like, it, it will be a lot rarer, hopefully, and there will be more actionable Things when it's like you got a notification means you can you should not go out and those kind of things. Hmm. We'll see, we'll see. All right, yeah. Cool. Thanks for the
1: week. Sounds good.
2: Great. Who wants to go first? Um, I, I can try. If you try, it's it doesn't technically. It's not technically within our rules, so I, I don't know. I'll, I'll have to check in with you too. Here if, we go. If you allow, this is okay. Good. So. Um, Solver released a. non... <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Um, that going, keep going, keep going. I want to hear this. Solver <laughs> did release a, new, release a new update lately. Um, it is, they didn't make a new major version. So it's still technically Solver 3, but it is a major improvement to Solver <laughs> 3, um, in which they added a, uh, what are you calling it? A quick bar? Something like that, Quicksilver, which is something like uh, it kind of behaves like Spotlight. But for to
1: be a play on Quicksilver,
2: yeah, interesting. Yeah, that is that's a good point. Yeah, Quicksilver was the earlier one, right? Um, either way, Quicksilver, it's kind of like Spotlight or Quicksilver or Alfred or whatever you're using um, where you can kind of get this kind of small window that overlays the rest of your operating system and you can use uh, all of the solver commands so you can do like currency conversion and just math stuff and it's really, really cool. T- apparently, it doesn't comply with my pick world so I will no,
1: not. No! I, uh, I think this is a really good pick and I'm very intrigued to test this out now. So I think
2: if and you, if, if
1: you made me intrigued, I think it's, it's a valid. Is, pick. is that the rule? If yeah. it's intriguing, Marlin is interested in your pick, <laughs> it's, it's a pick.
2: But there are also other things like that they added in this update that's, that, that's really cool, which is, um, they now do time zone conversion. So you can say,
1: Oh yeah, that's, also, <laughs> I'm sorry. This is so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, man. Yeah. You, I think you're fine. What do you think, Zach? Is this an okay pick? Do, will sure. we allow it?
0: It's oh. innovative enough. Go for it. Yeah,
2: <laughs> and it's. I think it's. It's really, really, really cool. Really cool additions to something that I already thought was really solid before that. Hmm. And just so many other things like the time zone conversion is obviously great um, because I mean we the the three of us often do time zone related things and it does allow for a lot of time zone related math as well. Um, like you can convert. I don't know. Um, 5 p.m. Sydney time to Vancouver time and figures out what that Does it means. Take or?
1: into account daylight saving times as well. Probably. So, if I would, could I say something like um, 5 p.m. Sydney time in October?
2: I don't know. Try it out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Thanks. Um, but it also, like, it's, it's just, it's really nice. You can also use. Um, um, time zone identifier so you can say uh, i don't know our 10 a.m pst to gmt and those kind of things and i think like anything that makes those kind of time zone things in flexible into work in a way you think of them like if i think of vancouver time as pst and think of S- zach time as sydney time um Despite one of them being a time zone identifier, the other one being a sydney uh, a city a city which happens to be Sydney. Uh, I think th- those kind of things was kind of neat mm mm-hmm. And it does it really well. So that's on top of Quicksilver, uh, adding those kind of time zone conversions is nice. And it does so many other things. Like it now allows for if statements and and uh, comparison operators, where you can say if this is the case, do this type of calculation; otherwise, do that. It's 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 a crazily large update. That's surprising to fit that. into a. Yeah. A point uh, I mean, they bumped from 3.2 to 3.3 for this, but this is... I, I think this is a major update and it's, it's really cool. Mm. Um and you can also set the Quicksilver thing as a global hotkey, so if you want to bring those kind of things up quickly, uh you can do that uh with whatever hotkey you want and I it's 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 great. It's it's really good. Mm. Um if that i I had a back uh, um a sneaky uh, way of mentioning this if it wouldn't be allowed as a pick and pick something else that behaves somewhat similar as an alternative to Solver. But I can save myself that now because you already approved. So I didn't need to find a technical workaround for this.
0: Lucky you. But yeah,
2: Solver point 3.3.1. Point it's really cool. good.
0: Is that uh, the Mac version? That Yeah. Okay. It's not on the Mac <laughs> App Store, interestingly. So it must just be the through the website. It is.
2: And, yeah, okay. and you would like it because it's a... Australian Australian, Australian app from mm. Sydney oh. and with app icon from uh from Melbourne, Mark Edwards. Ah, oh, nice. It's one of the Mac app icons true. at the moment. <laughs> cool it, It's a really nice icon too. Yeah, it, it is, it's yeah. both like old style Mac icon, but mm. still sleek and nice. Mm-hmm.
1: It's, it's really a really like nice
2: that. Mac app icon. Mm. Almost looks like uh, Mark can do those kind of things.
1: Yeah, he
0: knew. I think Mark <laughs> yeah, knows a wait, thing or two.
2: Just, just a thought. Yeah, it's like yeah. he's designed something before. It's, it's Amazing. Amazing. What a talent. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> All right. Cool. Happy you let me pick that, despite it... Doesn't mean now in return I will also allow your picks if they are not complied to It.
1: What it's... makes you think that was mine? <laughs> I'm not scrolling through my home screen here for finding other picks <laughs> than the one I had in mind.
0: All right, Zach. What's your pick? Yeah, oh, okay. why
1: don't you go first? All uh, right, sure, sure. I- I'm prepared, but yeah, you you're,
0: know. You're just keeping it a secret. Best to last, yeah. right? Always. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my pick is a Disney Plus show called The Imagineering. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: yeah he, said, he teased that before. Yeah, I teased it.
0: Mm. Um, yeah, it's started watching that on. last weekend. <laughs> I'm two out of six episodes in, um, and it's pretty good. It's all about sort of the...
1: Wait, what's it called?
0: The Imagineering. So, Okay. it's what... Disney sort of calls their group of people who are creative in the theme park space, like how they build like Disneyland and Walt Disney World and uh, come up Uh. with the. um, It's it's sort of a history based thing. Like it starts right at the beginning when Walt first had the idea for Disneyland and uh, like the second episode was about like Walt Disney World and then it gets on to. I think later in the series, gets on to more recent successes, uh, such as certain um, parts of the theme parks, like the certain lands that have worked quite well in theme parks in the Disney Cruise Line. And That's
1: interesting. All, yeah,
0: it's quite it's quite interesting. Um, and so, yeah, only a third we of the just way recently through. recently yeah. started
2: watching documentaries about, like, the Disney theme parks and all uh-huh. the challenges they went through. And yeah, of a- this was
1: a, it was on YouTube. I don't know uh. who produced it originally, but it's called... Defunct Land? Okay.
2: Nice. It's about all the failures. Yeah. Uh, Okay. this one seems to be more around uh, successes Definitely seems more parks. about the
0: successes, yes, like tooting their yeah. own horns. And it's funny, um, <laughs> watching the... Um, well, look, it's a Disney-produced thing. What are they going to say? Yeah, it was yeah, a yeah. massive flop. No, um, <laughs> um, watching the... Uh, there was a lot of like archival footage from the, the first few days of when Disneyland opened, and just seeing swarms of people is kind of stressful at the moment. Um, yeah. Just people <laughs> not adhering to people social distancing, just faces. running into theme parks. <laughs> it's like whoa you can't do that you can't all be like touching the same rides at the same time and the yeah. handle. Oh, it's like it's a real real funny how um how i react to those things now but yeah it's quite interesting and um yeah i'm just sort of looking forward to working through it a bit more but yeah the first few episodes are really good i'm looking forward to um the episodes about the the parts of disney like theme parks that i'm more familiar with like the more recent like california adventure and all of that um and it's just sort of going through the history of, of yeah the different ceos and the different people who had hmm. different visions for different things and how they how they work in the like parts of the parts that i find the most interesting uh, so far are sort of like looking inside the like I forget what they call them, but like the creativity studios where they're modeling Disney characters and they're, um, you know, doing the molds for different statues mm. and rides and, you know, designing the cars for the Autopia ride and all that kind of stuff. Um, it's really cool. Mm. And they, they talk to a lot of people from uh, who worked on the, the things early on and also a lot of people who've worked at Disney recently. Um, and it's just a really well-produced, interesting uh, documentary series on Disney. Mm. So, if you're a Disney fan, if you like particularly the theme parks, I wouldn't say. I mean, if you like the movies, if you like Disney movies, you might enjoy this. But p- particularly if you like the theme parks, um, this is this is quite. A Would good you watch.
1: say it ruins a bit of the magic of no, Disney No, not World? at all.
0: No, it's it's. it's okay. I wouldn't imagine Disney to produce a show that ruins the magic. Classic Disney, in that it makes everything look amazing. Um, okay. Like, like because I,
1: was- I think as a as a kid, I was always like, oh. When I get a job during a summer, I want to work at Disney, mm-hmm. yeah. like a, like a, like like a in-between semester job. That's something like I thought would be so cool. And then I was told, like, you know what? I don't know if you want to, because it sort of ruins the magic <laughs> yeah. of it, because you get to know about all the secret tunnels yeah, we from one world to another.
2: Who, who worked at uh, Disney Paris yeah. for, or Disney Europe? What is it called now? I forgot.
0: I think there is one in Paris. Dis- I don't know what it's
2: called. Yeah. But, yeah. but they changed the name a few times. Ah, okay.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah but
2: yeah, Paris. that one, she worked there for... I think a couple of years so it was kind of interesting to hear all the behind the scenes stories but she's definitely less excited about that Uh, particular park now
0: yeah now of course this does not ruin any magic it's you know it's not going to be like oh Mickey Mouse comes back after a hard day and takes off his suit and you know it's none of that no no it keeps the magic alive and the whole time watching it um, you know just like Chris and I were like we want to go back we want to go back to Disneyland and um, obviously that's not on the cards for many years but uh, you know eventually we'll get back yeah I wonder
2: what that will do to Disney parks yeah. yeah, it's also. Yeah. I mean, again, not feeling too sorry for like a billion dollar, <laughs> multi-billion yeah, trillion. I don't know okay. how many.
0: But, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, because it'll be interesting to see the ramifications of this. Of like, are theme parks the same as we know? Like, are there going to yeah. be more limits on how many people can be at a park at the same time? Are there, like mm. it's just. It'll be weird. It's like
2: after the last loop, they always go through an uh, disinfecting loop.
0: <laughs> I was um I was In at a self checkout at a supermarket the other day, and uh, you bet as soon as like anyone would leave, they would be wiping mm-hmm. it down. The first thing they yeah. do before the next mm-hmm. customer would go. So it was very clean. Um, and as soon as I left, sure enough, she was behind, like right, scrubbing it, blah, 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 mm. make sure everything's good. Um, it's a whole whole new world at the moment. So mm. yeah, cool. But. The
2: Imagineering story, yeah, highly recommended.
0: Quite, uh, quite interesting. I will admit it's a off to a bit of a slow start, but um, it gets better. So
2: yeah, yeah. This this kind of sells me on trying Disney Plus. Cool, Manu, what's yours?
0: You could binge this all in a week.
1: So, one thing that's not a valid pick that I just wanted to mention, maybe it's a valid pick if you guys allow me to, but I didn't plan on even selling this as a pick. Okay. But I wanted to say that I watched the season finale, no, the fi- finale finale of uh, a show that we mentioned on the show earlier called uh, Shits Creek. Ooh, mm-hmm. And this was a really good show and this was a good finale. The whole last season was a really great wrap up and... If you haven't watched this show yet, it's, it's so good. It's, it's a four season show. No, six season show? Um, about this family that is, um, moving, they're losing all their money, moving. This sounds cliche, but the stories, uh, the, the characters end up being really in depth in the, uh, throughout the series. But it's basically about a family that loses all of their money. They were re- very rich living in Hollywood and, or LA. And then they moved to a city called Shits Creek. And this is like a really As discussed simple, simple
2: uh, Episode 82 of Cup of Deck.
1: Yeah. It's a really, really good show, and I just think if someone is just at home um quarantined looking for something to to binge something that's very happy but also touching on human ish, uh, uh, just just showing humanity from a from a different perspective I guess like they they do tackle some issues that we have in the society uh, in a very positive way in
2: a very Canadian way
1: yeah, it's a Canadian show yeah. And I just wanted to recommend it. I don't know if this is a valid pick, but I just thought for anyone who looks for something positive to watch, this is a really good show.
2: So it's more of a shout out yeah. than a pick.
1: Yeah, unless you allow me to pick it because it's a th- new season. No?
2: I'm waiting. Do, ha- do you have a pick?
1: I have a pick, but it's not as good. But it's good for people who are staying at home need to... Well, that sounds
2: like a good timing.
1: Yeah. It's for people who decide that maybe they should cook a bit more now when they're home. (laughs) Okay. Um, It is a thing called Instapot. (laughs) (laughs) Can I pick this? Or have I picked this before? I don't know. I don't think anyone picked this before. So, I feel like many people in North America already know about an Instapot, but it's basically a... It's a
2: thing you get uh, very cheap every Every... Prime Day.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Every Prime Day or every Black Friday, Mm -hmm. uh, you can get an instapot um no but uh, an instapot is a pressure cooker slash um like everything everything cooker like you can use it as a rice cooker you can use the pressure cooker it's a way of making food very quickly Uh, I, i know people have lots of time on their hand but you can just make more meals if you if you want to kill more time um i we've been using it to make soups uh, which i really like so if you want to have like a lot of food throughout multiple days um or if you just you just want to have something warm like it's really good to make soup um and it goes really quickly you just turn it on for like 20 minutes to half an hour and usually and what i really like is that you get like soup that tastes like day 2 soup which doesn't sound very desirable but like day soup The soup that's been like warmed up two times is actually really good. Like it gets so much more flavorsome. And that's basically what you get on day one if you're using a Instapot. Um, You can also use it for things like steaming vegetables, uh, cooking rice, which we do. And the the rice becomes perfect every time. I know many people like rice cookers, but if you just want to have this like one utility thing in your home and you live in a small apartment, this is, this is good if you don't want to have rice cooker and an Instapot.
2: we yeah. we like it so much. We've used that one of I don't even know how many times more than our stovetop.
1: <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really good. Um so, yeah, I recommend it uh, for people who want to learn. I know I see many people baking bread more nowadays and people cook more in general. So, this is really good type of utility thing if mm. you, if you want to do that. Uh, sure. I think you can even use it to bake bread, but yeah. I'm not sure. sure. Probably. Probably. Just yeah. throw something in there. It will become mm. whatever you want. But it's
2: want. a very typical North American. I, I can totally see those kind of, uh, tv ad yeah. where people use it for everything and, and they're like websites
1: they... where they're like making everything and yeah. it's a pot
2: it's like they pull a turkey out of it and it's like <laughs> how did you make it crispy in a pot what are you talking about <laughs> yeah but it's pretty good mm. I, I wouldn't make a turkey in it but for for soups and rice and uh stews and those kind of things pretty good
1: mm. cool cool nice then that's a show that
2: cool. is a show And next time we can finally talk about our time tracking app that's totally still in development and totally soon done.
1: Why are you saying that like it's not actually in development and soon? What (laughs) what are you gonna do to this app? Are you (laughs) (laughs) deleting the repository right now?
2: Sound a bit more sketchy than I (laughs) (laughs) kinda I don't know why where that came from. (laughs)
1: Uh, Anyways, until then, stay safe everyone. Wash your hands and watch T V.